0: Welcome to Hey, Gav, do you get the feeling we're missing something? Yes. Just a bit. Uh am I notice we haven't got a beer yet. Is that it? Well well besides that obviously. Uh I don't know, what what do you think? Maybe a guest host or something? Uh, it couldn't hurt. Have we got anyone in mind? How how about that Roger Colbert guy? Sure, why not? Give him a Hey, Rog. Uh, You feel like uh, doing some kind of guest hosting tonight on DTT? Uh, I'd love to, but uh, my boss has been out time-travelling again. I've got notes to type up. Okay, then. Did you just hang up on him without saying bye? What? This isn't like TV or something. You don't just hang up on friends like that. Anyway, haven't we just better open the show now? Sounds good to me. Hello, and welcome to Drunken Time Travel. The next one. Is that our tagline? The next one. (laughs) Yes. Don't you like the tagline? I don't know. It could do with, you know, a bit more... You know the... What would they say? So, the next one. That'll do. There we go. So this one we're talking about the Ark. I believe that is what we are doing. Not uh, not Noah's Ark. Nor the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, the Ark... In space. No, very good. Which doctor was that? That would be the 2 plus 2 one. That would be correct. So this time we're drinking Westmile Trappist. Triple. Yes. 9.5%. Which we'll tell you all about. thus, thusly Lust, later <laughs> in the show. And shall we get onto the synopsis then? What? Is this some kind of synopsis? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I say that because Gav put a note. Yes. Um. When we were watching, what? What is this? Some kind of synopsis? But then I completely forgot why he put the note. Yes, I, it was a reference to something, but I forgot what it was. And uh, it, it's I don't know. Yep. Yeah. So it, we, it was very funny when I made it. <laughs> but it's gone. now. It's gone now. Never mind. So four episodes. Let's get to it. Episode 1, The Steel Sky. The TARDIS materialises in a jungle complete with actual elephant. Dodo rushes outside, but fortunately doesn't turn it on. Stephen follows and is annoyed that she doesn't believe that she could be anywhere in the universe. See how annoying that is, Stephen? See? Anyway, it takes them all ages to work out that the jungle is actually inside a huge spaceship. Oh, and Dodo has a code. This is significant. They are then captured by mute aliens with one eye, naturally called monoids. The aliens have one eye, that is, they were captured with one eye. That would be silly. Anyway, these monoids take them to their masters, the humans. The monoids and humans first met when their planet was destroyed and has been love ever since. Well, if you think keeping them as slaves is love. And you do. They find out in the year 10 million that, that the Earth's about to be swallowed by the sun. Uh, these humans and Monoids are in a space arc to the planet refuses to repopulate the human race. Where else would you go but somewhere that sounds like refuse? The human guardians of the ship are apparently huge Rick Moranis fans as one of them is sentenced to 700 years miniaturization for leaving a door unlocked or something. They are also building a giant statue of a human for the hell of it. This will also be significant. Speaking of which, Dodo's code is infecting the Monite and humans who aren't immune in the year 10 million. Eventually, the commander falls ill, so Zentos, the deputy, who is slightly right of Hitler, takes charge and accuses the strangers, on account of them being strange. After the first death, they're arrested. Oh goody, a trial. Episode episode 2, The Plague. Two guardians volunteer to act as the traveler's defence. One of them is the commander's daughter, a Nepotism. While Stephen is on the stand, he collapses from the disease. Zentos orders their execution after they're found guilty in a trial that would shame the Russians. From his sickbed, the commander comes round long enough to belay the order and get the doctor to help devise a cure. So some sort of LEMS would be in order then. One cure later, and they're no longer infected. After this, they decide to take their leave. Can't imagine why. They've had such a friendly welcome after all. The TARDIS, however, has other ideas, and seems to materialise in the same place. However, it's 700 years in the future, and the statue is finished. But wait! It's the statue of a monoid! dun, dun, dun. Thank you. Episode 3, The return. The Monoids are now in control, having staged a revolution against their masters. They also speak now, and having seen the sensorites, use sashes to distinguish between them. It's like watching a Miss Universe competition gone wrong. The cold Virus has induced a genetic weakness into the humans that made them all liberals, apparently. All the humans are slaves apart from Baharis, who is a dirty, dirty collaborator. Having been captured by the monoids again, they are made to prepare frozen ready meals for them in the kitchen. Frozen diet com. Stephen tries to help the humans revolt, but is as successful as you'd expect. The Ark has now arrived at refuses, so Deputy Monoid brings the Doctor, Dodo, and Token human down to the planet. They found a large castle but no people. Euro Disney gets everywhere. Though it turns out that there are people, they're just invisible due to solar flares. Uh-huh. The Refusins only want peaceful people on the planet, which leads the Monide and Token to flee. Mr. T-Human eventually uses his three brain cells and deduces that the Monides aren't going to let the humans travel to the planet after all. He is, of course, killed for his massive, massive detector skills. For his part, the Monide is killed when the landing craft is destroyed by the Refusins. Peaceful, he said. The Doctor and Dodo are stranded. Eh, I can think of worse places. Episode 4, Da Bomb. A schism opens up in the political ranks of the Monoids. Four wants more checks on the planet, but one doesn't care and is ready with his towel and beach umbrella. Stephen and the Guardians manage to escape from the security kitchen. <sighs> can't be that secure. They've escaped just in time to be led out by the collaborator anyway. He says that the monoids have left and there's a bomb on board, a b—no, not a b, a bomb. He feels so betrayed, and after all the things he did for them, well, they weren't one-eyed monsters for nothing. They chat for ages and don't seem in a hurry to look for the bomb. On the ground, the war between the monoids erupts. I guess it's odds versus evens. Back on the ark, they're just still chatting to each other. Um, bomb. The doctor sends a launcher back up to them, complete with invisible refusian, but they're still not looking for the bomb. Collaborator boy goes down to the planet and is killed for the monoids for his trouble. Eventually they decide the bomb's important and deduce it's in the head of the statue. The refusian uses his secret invisible powers to throw it into space where it harmlessly explodes. Monoids and humans now all down on the planet, declare peace for all and miniature American flags for others. The travellers depart, but in the TARDIS, the Doctor begins to disappear. They're under some form of attack. What was that some kind of synopsis? Uh, So. Hi. Hello. 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 (laughs) I guess we should talk about the episode. Uh, Yes. The epistory, I believe we decided last time. (laughs) We settle on epistory. We on epistory. On the epistory. Better than stowed. (laughs) Yes. So the Doctor then. Yeah, get yeah, more reference to he can't pilot the TARDIS and uh, even the Monoids sought to take Mickey out of him for not being able to. Yeah, and they haven't They even got two eyes. They can't take Mickey out of him. There's uh, no need to be racist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because he, he basically said tells Dodo that he can't bring her back home. Yeah, he's literally got no control. And he's happy to stay stranded on another planet? Well, I don't know about happy, but he didn't seem to give a fuck when the, the, he was stranded at the end of episode three. It's because he knew uh, Stephen would save the day. <laughs> I think that's quite obvious. He knew that Stephen would save the day? Yeah. I think you find it wasn't Stephen that saved the day. Well, it, it might not have been. <laughs> he thought he would, and then he realised, I'm going to have to do all this myself, are there. And then you've got Dodo poking around in his wardrobe. Which I was sure was a euphemism, but apparently wasn't. No, she was just uh, rummaging around in the massive tidy wardrobe and getting the worst costumes you could find. Well like clothes from Joan of Arc. Yeah. Which apparently he has now. Interesting thing about Dodo. Yeah. She's the new companion. Yeah, she is. And in her first tales, in the first tales after the intro, uh, with her and Rose, are both in the future, at the end of the Earth. Yeah, although she's... with this one, they're not really on Earth, though. Well, they weren't on Earth. Yeah, well, I guess so, yeah. They weren't on Earth in either of those stories. Mm. They were on spaceships, yeah. 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 And then the next story after that, they go to the past. And that's as vague as I'm going to guess. <laughs> <laughs> and Dodo, being the new companion, uh, she wasn't picking up on the concept of time and space travel quite so quickly. Well, none of them are, to be fair. It just seemed quite slow, as slow as Stephen was. And as slow as Ian was. No, no. Ian was quite quick on that. He wasn't. I he refused to believe it. I didn't. He did? He didn't, didn't. Oh, come on. I know it was a year ago now, but surely you must remember. I remember everything. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I do <don't. laughs> <laughs> Stephen was happy to believe it when he saw the evidence. I mean, Ian, sorry. No, it wasn't a... No, it wasn't. Brody and Slip? No. Yeah, I remembered what it was. It was a forget-lian slip. Forget-lian slip? Yeah, I'm always doing that. Um, Yeah, and uh, Dodo was like, if I'd known it was like this, I wouldn't have come. Did she even have a choice? I didn't think she did. Yeah. Yeah, the doctor kidnapped her. (laughs) You can't say you had a choice, though. Does she actually do anything? Dodo, yeah, she's done several things. She's done nothing. She's a bit of an annoying brat. You don't like Dodo either. At the minute she hasn't done anything, she. You've seen her in one story. Yes, I'm. I'm only going on why what I have seen so far. She's just running around, getting in the way, and being all teenagerish. Yeah, but Vicky did that in her first story. She went like Dodo. <laughs> God, you're so racist against Dodo. Well, she's useless. She's not. Oh, she's useless now. Yes. She's not useless. So far, she has been useless. If you were taken out of time and taken to the end of the earth, you'd be useless as well. I would have conquered everyone. No, you wouldn't. I would have. You would have brung all your infectious diseases and probably conquered them that way. Exactly. And then you'd be alone at the end of the universe with no beer. I would make beer. Uh, A refusion beer. (laughs) You shouldn't. I would make beer out of the refusions. You'd have to wait 700 years. I can do that. I'll just <laughs> miniaturize myself. <laughs> I do like though that the doctor he can deal with her having a cold, because there was a bit where she was like sniffing, because he, cause he thought she was had a cold, and then she was like, I'm not, I'm not sniffing now. I'm crying, and he and he just didn't know what to do. <laughs> you know, he can deal with like time and space and Daleks, but mm-hmm. little girl's crying, he just doesn't know what to do. Yes, the little girl's crying is beneath him. He's a time and space traveller. He hasn't got time for little girls. He's got bigger fish to fry. One like cod. <laughs> Tuna. i I'm really amused. Uh, she says okay, mm-hmm. and the, the doctor tells her to speak English. Yes, she was using a lot of slang words. Is okay a slang word? I don't know. The, well, it was it was first in print in 1839. Okay. So it's been, so whenever she's alive, it's been going like over 130 years, at least. Yes, what word would the doctor have uh, her saying in place? Righto. <laughs> <laughs> Oakley doakley. <What-o>? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they did get her speaking a lot of uh, hip and trendy words. As, uh, As the directors are sort of trying to ingratiate her with a younger audience. Bob being one of those crazy young type words. Yes, but eventually the BBC turned around and uh, they were against that and uh, issued the directive that she had to start speaking more BBC English, which is always fun. Which is bizarre considering in a few episodes time you've got uh, Ben who doesn't speak BBC English at all. Yeah, they were, they were saying that they didn't want any sort of regional recognizable accents. What sort rubbish is that? Well they were, were like that back in the sixties. But it just seems weird like a few weeks later you've got you've got Ben and then and then you've got mm. Jamie next we've got Jamie next year who speaks Scottish. Yeah, within such a short space of time, they are having sort of regional accents that are clearly uh, obvious as well. But no, Dora, we couldn't do that with Dodo, apparently. So on to your favourite. Ian. Stephen. Stephen. Uh, during the uh, court trial thing. Yes, when he, 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 came, he was giving... Uh... Giving testimony at court, yes. Yes, it looked like it was giving testimony. In a shower, it was that wet. Oh, I thought um, you meant the thing he was in looked like a shower. But well, it does look like a shower as well. But cause he was suffering from the fever as well. Apparently, he was he suffering from monoid fever. But he was so sweaty, and uh, well, they were in himself. jungle, so maybe it was jungle fever. <laughs> mm. But yeah, I do seem to prefer Stephen since he came back. Is Not being quite such a whiny git as he were before. Did he go away? Yeah. He He only went away for like four (laughs) minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And then he came back. (laughs) Yeah. Last episode when he told the doctor, right, that's it, I'm going. And then four minutes later ran back into the TARDIS. So so you've liked him a bit better in this story, you mean? Yes. Okay. I suppose. You want to say, it's not as if he went anywhere to do anything, he just went for a walk <laughs> and then came back after like, after, well, yeah. after like two minutes. All right, so when he came back is a bit of off exaggeration. But yeah, I, th- I think, well, he's I think he Well, I do think he's been all right in this story. He yeah. yeah, had a few interesting things to say. Yes, he, he was very active in uh, organising an escape and he, he got involved and wasn't whining and arguing with the Doctor. That's because the Doctor and him were separated, probably? Well, maybe start as well. And, but even uh, earlier on. Right, before before he wasn't they were in separated. A rush to look, he wasn't in a rush to look for the bomb, was he? Well, no. <laughs> Why would you we want to look for a bomb? Apart from that glaring error, is that it was all right, or? I it did like... Uh, <laughs> At the start, that they realised, hey, we're in a spaceship. Or the doctor says they're in a spaceship. And Stephen goes, a spaceship? A bit mm. like Miss, Miss, Mrs. Haversham in that Oscar Wilde play, The Importance of Being Earnest. I have not seen it. You know when she says, a handbag? No. 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 Okay. Culture, why we don't yes. Yes, Why would I get <laughs> pop culture? And and he also said there should be one person standing by. You know, whenever they came back, uh, there was no one on yeah. the ship where well, they couldn't S- find anyone. He said seven hundred years later. Yeah, yeah. He, he said there should be someone standing by in case anything goes wrong. Just what is one just one person. Is. Okay, you want one person to sit around being bored out of their tiny mind. What if something goes wrong with that one person? Isn't there somebody standing by then? And whole line, a whole line of people standing by in case one person in front yeah, goes wrong. If you were the reserve, 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 you'd be pretty annoyed if you were called up. I'm enjoying my miniaturisation here. I don't know. It, it's I. I'd enjoy being called up because I'd have been stood in line for like 53 years, waiting for my turn. But They're not literally standing in line. Or are they? Maybe it's they're at the door waiting to come in. I imagine they're standing in a line. Uh, there was a, there yes there was a, there was a bit where where he's where he talking about the kitchen and the slaves and gun and, and he's like some kind of kitchen some kind of, and he's talking about some kind of slaves and some kind of gun. It's like you and sort of, yeah. yeah. He, he's just oh, it's some kind. Of, it's it is just a kitchen. It's not some kind of kitchen. It it was a kind of kitchen though. It was a security kitchen. Some kind of magic. No, there's no magic. There's always magic. You just have to believe. Okay. As is magic in the sun. And I say, um yeah, as you mentioned, uh, we mentioned earlier, Stephen didn't really go looking for the bomb for quite a lot of time. How long? Uh, it was about half an hour. Probably. That's quite a lot of time to not look for <laughs> the bomb. There's a bomb the ship, but I'll just stand here looking at these readouts. Yes, and then the doctor eventually uh, gets him on the intercom, and says, uh, "By the way, you should get back. You should continue looking for the bomb. Continue? They haven't even started yet. Half an hour after they discovered there was a bomb. Mm. <laughs> yes, that wasn't really uh, Stephen's high point of the uh, episode. That's Stephen for you. Yeah, I, guess. I do think it would be interesting though with uh, Dodo to see what he's like with her. You know, whether he he takes a uh, the doctor. now. No, oh, uh, Stephen. Stephen. Whether he looks after her kind of thing or what in the two or three ranging <laughs> episodes they have. We shall but see. We shall, as you say, but see. How is your but see? My but see. Yes, it's very saline. But yeah, the monitor looked a bit like a cousin. Its a cousin, do you mean? Reminded me it. Cousin, its cousin. Yeah. So we're like a second cousin. Yeah. That's how that's how I imagine cousin its cousin would look like. With beetle wigs. Beetle wigs, yes. Yeah, they did. They had beetle wigs, but it's almost like they evolved from the beetle wigs themselves after millions of years. Mm. Well, I'm sure after millions of years of not being washed, they'd eventually (laughs) gain sentience and (laughs) become (laughs) monoids. that's how evolution works right Yep. yeah is, is that is that why you're hoping to evolve quicker than everyone else i am evolving quicker than anyone else okay. yes i will soon be a proper human <laughs> <laughs> a real boy i'll be a real boy and the sign language that the Monarchs shows is quite funny as well it's just they completely made it up oh yes um, it's uh, uh, yeah, they just seem to make it up when they're speaking. It's an interesting idea, I have mm. to say. You know, the monoids not being able to speak at all. But, but some of like some of the movements and signs of are quite comical. Yeah, there was one, especially for when what they're trying to communicate apparently as well. There was one he looked like he was miming to know about binoculars or something. I don't. Know. Yeah, because they couldn't speak. Uh, in the first two episodes, and then when they came back seven hundred years later, they could speak. Somebody had made a voice box for them. And I can understand. I mean, it was interesting with them not being able to speak, but I can understand why in the next you because know, they're villains, so they're m- more protagonists in the in the final two episodes. Mm-hmm. So being it would be probably twice as long having to communicate with sign language and interpret everything they would say. Yeah, but they still had to uh, have a voice box. The, uh, the Guardians very kindly gave them a voice box and uh, some weapons so that they could uh, take over them. Yeah, that was, that was a nice. Yeah. Great captors. Yeah, they made them a voice box and some guns. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> but they couldn't even make themselves new clues. No. 700 years later, they're still using the same clues. I mean, I know there's hand me downs from you know for in families and things, but that's a bit ridiculous. It will, it will like the walk through one of those fly drapes that are hanging down on doors, and somebody yeah. got caught in them. Yeah, and so just to wear never them. took it off. No, can't be bothered. And uh, and I, I still say that. I think the guns that they're using they're a bit like Dalek guns. I don't. It's it's just the same sort of thing. It releases a big flash of energy that does a similar screaming sound and then the victim falls down dead. Well, most well, guns you know, get people to scream whenever they're shot. Well, I think it does it in a very similar style to the Daleks. don't think so. It's like that's the only type of gun that exists in the uh, Doctor Who world. I think they're quite different. Well, you're the one that doesn't even know the difference between the Doctor Who themes. Doctor Who, nearly. <laughs> <laughs> They all sound the same. <laughs> they don't sound the same. No, I do think. No, I didn't. I didn't get that there was a difference. Or a, well, there is a difference, but I didn't get that they were similar at all. Really, I mean, there is the the negative effect whenever they're shot, that the people mm-hmm. are shot, but everything's like that in Doctor Who. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even when people were hit by Stone Age people, they were that happens to them. Oh. There were no negative effect stones. There should be. There should be, What I wouldn't give for a good, stout negative effect club. Right. They eat through holes in their necks, things. They have holes in their necks that they eat through, apparently. Do they? Yeah. I never saw them holes. That's a silly place to eat. Well, yep. <laughs> I'm glad we've agreed on that. <laughs> yeah. And then they've got ping pong balls in their mouths. That's why they can't eat through their mouths, because they've got ping pong balls in their They've got their eye in there. They've got their eye in their mouth. <laughs> That's it. At least it keeps it clean, I suppose. The eye or the mouth? The eye. Well you know how they say the eye. Is and so if the if they their eyes in the normal place, all the hair's gonna get it way Is that where they've evolved differently? Yeah. Do you think the uh do you think the humans had like three D movies? On, on the arc. what just to and, annoy the, uh, and the and they all really and they all really enjoyed them and would like point and laugh at the Mono saying ha ha mm-hmm. you don't understand why this is so great and play games like which one's further away yeah and they would show them like uh, the, those optical illusion things <laughs> yeah and <laughs> magic eye posters, <laughs> the posters. and they, the Mono was like what I can't see anything no wonder they wanted to take over the humans. That's so we mean, bastards well, like Well, they pretty much were. I mean, they were treated like slaves. Then the, the monoids turned the oh, tables... Like slaves. T- they were slaves. Yeah. And they were some kind of slaves. And then the, <laughs> then the humans turned their tables on them. And, and apparently monoids of the monoids are the balladites. And then they had nowhere to eat their dinner. No. Nope. Well, they could eat it in the security kitchen. So it all turned out for the best? Yep. It turned out wonderfully. Great voices, that I like the voices. Yeah, yeah. Interesting thing, the guy who did the voice, one of the voices was uh, Roy Skelton, and he did the voices for the Daleks. So he's like an early years Nick Riggs. You love him, don't you? I love Nick <laughs> He's the master. He's not the master. He should be. Roger Doe the master. Well, he will be. Far bit. That's beautiful. He will be again. Mm. Should we uh, mention their little... The, the monoyeds and little... Uh, truck type things? No, they're not even truck. And their Lego them? fascination. They're le- yes, they didn't seem to have Lego in the back of them they were carrying around. Did they steal one from the Daleks? The Lego, probably. Mm. And the guns, as you say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one thing, those... What would you call them? I mean, they have them in airports, don't they? Those little... Security gates. Luggage buggies. Luggage buggies. (laughs) Yes, that would do. Buggy things. (laughs) But you could walk quicker than the the thing they had. Yeah, there was that fantastic scene at end of episode two, was it? Uh, Yes. They, They were taking everybody on one of those buggies to the TARDIS. The TARDIS disappears, and then you had to watch ten-minute footage of it trying to reverse off-screen. <laughs> I wonder if the monoid was a bit awkward in it. And you it looked like you couldn't really carry much in the back of it, either. Well, the main thing is it was not as quick. And you could carry dead bodies on it. But they didn't. Dead. They should, did. They yeah. oh, the, yeah, the, the the yeah, did, did they? Oh, yeah, the one dead, dead body, the yeah. one person that died. And then they shot him into space. They're not very good at steps, as well. I'm not talking about the band, I'm talking about... <laughs> no, not well, many people are good at steps. Five, step. six, seven, eight. Although I'd like to see the monoids do the hand movements, to tragedy. <laughs> Maybe they do it in the spare time. Monoids don't have spare time. It takes them they've all day to drive that thing anyway. Well, they've got spare time when they're waiting for that thing to arrive. <laughs> I wonder if it can go faster or is it just a really slow driver? It goes about Mach 7. That's quite fast. Well, it's just like that brick ship that from Zentradi, <laughs> and the bit where they said, "Are and uh-huh. Dodo said to the, one of the Monoids, "When he was acting suspicious, he's really, are you? Did you mean to say that? Are you up to something?" And there was a pause, and then the Monoid was like, "No, no. no <laughs> it was no, just no, awful. really, um, um, no. on this <laughs> I am not up to something." Oh, that's okay. Look over there. As as long as you're not up to something, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. Let's drink the um, goddamn beer. Yes, I've been drinking it. I've been drinking it, but let's mm. chat about oh, it. Oh well, yes. Tell um, me about God. tell me a bit about the beer, and then I'll tell you what I've learned about the beer. Well, the uh, Chappie Stales. There's apparently s- there's only seven Chappie Stales or breweries, if you like, existing. They do, like yeah, sort of. <laughs> but to uh, to be a natural trappistale You're never not saying sword, of right? <laughs> Yes, to be qualified as a Trappistale you have to meet three strict criteria which are as follows. Or thus long. Interesting drinking game 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 mm. game. Yes. Before this episode, <laughs> uh if you listen to it and Gav says sort of, take a shot. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or you can do me saying M as well. That's always good. Not M of teranium. That doesn't count, unfortunately. <coughs> yes, Well, yes, the uh, three criteria you have to match to be a Trappist ale. Or, uh, what are they? It's got the beer has to be brewed within the walls of a Trappist abbey I would by have the that. monks themselves or under their supervision. Mm-hmm. The brewery must be controlled by the monastery and have a business culture compatible with the monastic project. What does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Journalistic research, gentlemen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, we're doing a podcast on beer. Hey, we're better than topless <laughs> robot. What's the third one? <laughs> and the purpose of the brewery is not to make a profit. Any income takes care of the livelihood of the monks and the upkeep of the Abbey site. What is left over is you for charitable purposes, social work, and people in need. So, And apparently... Uh, I'm sad to say we actually poured this wrong. Oh, so we are drinking you were it straight. About to pour it earlier. Yes. And you poured it wrong. Well, we haven't even poured it, we're just drinking <laughs> straight out of the bottles, to be this honest. Is the well, we don't really have the glasses to pour it, do we? No, we could have used substitutes. Apparently, the best way to pour it is uh, after leaving it for a week and being stored at between 8 and 14 degrees C. Uh, and then you leave about a centimetre in the bottle. Mm hmm. Which will be the yeast base, it's rich in vitamin B, it has a blood cleansing effect and it's best to drink that remaining part separately apparently. Interesting. But as I said, we're just drinking straight from the bottle. And we bought it today, so we can't really leave yes. it for a week. Also, oh, it undergoes a secondary fermentation in the bottle. Mm. because it is a, a live beer. we got a live one here. Yes. And it was first brewed in, this it was in 1934, and the recipe has not changed since 1956. So what did they do between 34 and 56? They changed it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the beer, it's The beer at the, at the actual abbey itself, the, beer, the uh, abbot, the first abbot, he said, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fucking brew beer. That's exactly what he said. Even though he's Belgian, he spoke English for it, bit. and he he decided to do that early in the 19th century and no one knows where see triple is a style of beer which is basically pale ale but no one really knows where the the name triple came from. It's thought to be you know in barrows you would see Mm. XXX Mm. especially in comedy barrows and and cartoons and things but uh, I think that's maybe why it's Mm. to do with the strength of the of the alcohol Mm. Well they are quite strong so, so on to actual, the actual beer, as opposed to the history of it. I uh, I really like it. Yes, it is. It's, it's 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 very tasty. It is very tasty, very very tasty. Just like that, I and, heard from the nineties. And considering it's a high strength beer, it's not overpowering either. it's, it's got a nice balance. Was that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make reference to the alcohol content, though it might get you drunk yes, but, but taste it wise it's 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 got a very nice sort of balance between the taste and the strength it is yes, yes. but I've had this before mm. and I did like it then so I'm, I'm mm. quite pleased I like it I like it oh. mm. so the refusions yes what did the, you think when the, you saw them the refusions what did you think when you saw them I thought you didn't see them my oh, eyesight's oh, going oh, a bit oh, wonky mm yeah. Yes, they're invisible creatures again. Yes, the incredible budget-saving creatures. <laughs> Yay. Which they used to pull their budgets on the, uh, the models. Didn't they? The w- spaceship models and things. spaceship models and the actual spaceship. Yes. And the refugions built homes for the humans. Um, very kind people. They're very kind people, but don't they know there's a recession on? Mm-hmm. The prices of homes have dropped. Oh, they're giving them for free. Yeah, well, all, that, means all that, they that ask just means they're even making even more of a loss. <laughs> well, all <laughs> they ask for in return is doing seeing. And, just, and also, just because they're invisible doesn't mean they don't need homes for themselves. Maybe they have homes, but they're invisible. They're invisible homes yeah. as well? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they built homes that you can see for humans, and they invisible ones for themselves. But now they can't remember how to, where their homes are, no. so... <laughs> They're just wandering around. <laughs> I'm sure it was here somewhere. <laughs> it was by the tree. Uh-huh. the invisible the tree. Loads of trees. <laughs> now, where's Pedro? Though? Is there a refusing called Pedro, uh, or is that just their their it, little slave boy? It's his pet dog. Pedro. Yes. Okay. Pedro the dog. Pedro the dog. And the refusions. Uh-huh. What, we're making an 80s cartoon now. <laughs> yes. A very cheap one that you did not have to do much <laughs> drawing <laughs> You just had to animate a dog who is off-screen a lot. <laughs> you just have to draw one static background and uh, provide voices. Oh, so we're doing hanna Barbera cartoons then. Yeah. <laughs> They're a bit schizo, these refusions. Because he was talking, one of them was, well, the only one we hear was talking about peace and all and then <laughs> ten minutes later he blew up <laughs> one of the monoids that's apparently what solar flare radiation does to you what well, makes it schizo yeah and invisible it's, I think that's very uh, it's, got, it's, it's a scientific basis mm-hmm. it's uh, full of scientific fatness well there you go I have no problem with it <laughs> you should talk about that for the next drunken science what solar flares causing invisibleness and so I will let you know how you can do it to yourself. Make myself invisible? Yes, using solar flies. It's a simple process. You've just got to uh, go through some solar and and it isn't. <laughs> well, it would certainly make it so you can't be seen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or indeed heard. <laughs> yes, it, it, it also takes your voice away as well. Yes. So they build a, a zoo, or a jungle. Inside a spaceship, and it just happens to look exactly like Whipsnade Zoo, apparently. What are the chances of that? <laughs> maybe they just maybe they just picked Whipsnade, Whipsnade Zoo and took it with them. And Whips, Whipsnade Zoo had been kept in exactly as it was in the 20th century for 10 million years. It's a remarkable achievement. But you're fine with uh, with solar flares causing invisibles. Yes. Yeah, in the zoo or the jungle. Sorry, they had an elephant, as I believe I mentioned. The best thing about this yeah. is uh, the the elephant they used was called Monica, mm-hmm. and uh, she was forced to spend uh, the night before the you know they were going to be filming. On a, the streets. Um. Well, pretty much <laughs> in a van outside the director's home. After the driver, the van driver had been uh, hadn't been let into the, to the studios. So, so for the night before the shoot, there was an elephant in the van outside the director's home. So it didn't go for the whole tipping manure onto his uh, front lawn. Just left an elephant there. He just left an elephant there. It's a, it's interesting a twist on the prank. Well, it's not gonna tip manure on the director's lawn, is it? Oh, so that would be good for the lawn. But smell. Yes. But the grass doesn't mind. But the director would. <laughs> no. We start now. No. And the humans now call everything by different segments of time. What were they? The 47th segment of time, apparently? 27th? Uh, I think it 50s, 53rd or something like that. We pay attention to these things. 57th, I think it was. Uh, yeah. So oh, everything that happened in the first segment of time... Was we're still in the first segment of time, apparently. Are we? Yeah. Yeah. I think that. I believe it. So it's quite interesting that from the Earth being formed up to now is the first segment of time. The universe being formed yeah. up to now. So hundreds of millions of years is the first segment of time. 13.72 billion years. And you've got another 40 segments of time that takes up 10. <laughs> <laughs> they must have been really exciting. Nothing happened in that first. Thirteen billion years. and we're a bit boring. No, everything's been boring up to now, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe they measured it from the from our podcast. Maybe. A segment to season. Yeah. First <laughs> <was> like it. <laughs> And so they were transporting millions apparently. I could believe that. Uh certainly with the miniaturization. hmm But this seems to be like one of the worst planned missions ever. How so? There's just no continuity planning whatsoever in case anything goes wrong or something. Oh yeah, because they said uh, if one person died, no yes. one else will know how to do his job. We hadn't accounted he for the disease or whatever. Yeah, we hadn't accounted for anything. Yes. In fact, it's already fallen apart with with probably that guy who was miniaturised at the start. Yeah. <laughs> he knew how to close the door. He certainly knew how to open. Yeah. You know, it was just how can you do such an important. What species-saving mission and only one person who specialised in each job and nobody else can do that job. <laughs> yeah, that's not very, uh, it should be multitasking or multi-skills, multi passing. Future Earth people are stupid, what I'm So nothing's changed. <laughs> you just say like as Stephen said. I like the monoid statue reveal. I thought that was good. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They did a nice job of showing the passage of time as well. Yep, because its face was a giant clock. Yes. No. One thing I do know, uh, one thing I am confused about with the statue is it's made of apparently Gregarian rock. Yes. Where the fuck did they get a Gregarian rock from? Gregar? Did they just carry exactly the right amount of rock to make a statue? It, and, it just, and it just so happened... That, that exactly the same amount to make a humanoid statue is, is the right amount to make a monoid statue. Well, they're both humanoid. And what mean the Face the exact same amount. Well, they might have had some spare left because they what? only have to do one eye. <laughs> <laughs> There's no nose. And why didn't and the monoids ever call them. the human's two eyes? Like, ha-ha, mm. two eyes. Maybe they're not as inventive. Not being able to talk and... Things. That would be the next thing in their evolution. Mm-hmm. Insults. do not seem too bad. And then we had the fantastic line. Yes. Take them and to the is. security kitchen. Yes. Of all the places that you're gonna make some place secure, why would he choose the kitchen? Why? Why would they just miniaturize them rather than taking them to the security security kitchen? Which didn't seem that secure. Yeah, maybe they liked food. They apparently did. Frozen meals. <laughs> yes, the food that they were cooking was all instant food. It was just, what did they do just a zap a plate full of something and food appeared? Yeah, they just put a pill under it and did something and then the food appeared. Yes. Why do you For need- which they needed 150 stuff. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe they're specialised in uh, different types of food. Yeah, I can. There's a there's a bangers and mass specialty. Dude there. Another specialising in hamburgers. Maybe that's why there's so many. And then if one dies they can never have that <laughs> fruit again. Never have that fruit again. <laughs> I don't know where he kept those pills. <laughs> I think he kept them in the refugian's house. So the cold. Yes. Any time anyone ever D- was this a part of the plot? What well, the cold? Yeah. Why? Did you not notice? No. Are you big sarcastic? Sarcasm. <laughs> no. See what I did there. Sarcasm. No. Yeah. Anytime anyone ever sneezes in a movie or TV or whatever, it's always important to the plot. I can think of one instance where it wasn't. I think it was Torchwood. I don't don't know. It was it was it was something where someone sneezed and then I was genuinely shocked at the end that it was nothing to do with it. They have no immune system in the future. Yes, apparently. Well, they're not, they're not they've never encountered the cold, so their body wouldn't uh, pick up a, a, a defense to it. But I'm sure you'll get to that. Yes, it was all a bit stupid, if you ask me. Oh, well, it did. And the thing about colds, I couldn't work out what they were trying to do with the cold thing as well. Because at first it seemed like. She's got the cold, and then uh, everybody falls down dead to a virus. She's got a cold, and everybody's dying of a virus. hmm And then uh, Stephen contracts the virus as well. I so, okay, surely this can't be Dodo's cold, then, if it's affecting Stephen as well, because he's not one of these uh, future boys. Well, he is from the future. He's not from the distant future that these guys are from. Yeah, I don't know why he got the cold. Maybe it mutated. So that's why I thought they were going with a... Uh, it was just a coincidence that she's come on with a cold, but everybody's contracted this virus, and the cold was like a, just sort of a dummy to make you think that that's where it came from. No, I just got it like she had a cold. Then they all ended up with the cold, but they were got. were they were more seriously affected, and it mutated, and then Stephen even ended up with. It. I think obviously what's happened is everybody in the future has AIDS. It's become that prevalent that the whole human race is now living with AIDS, and they're all fine. They're managing it with medication and super sterile env- environments. This isn't drunken science. It's always drunken science. But anyway, it's no wonder they uh, caught the cold because, uh, as was mentioned earlier, they were just wearing drapes. And, which and the monoliths weren't wearing anything. It, w- it must have been quite warm on that ship, man. Well, there was a jungle on the ship. Yeah. You could grow your chilies there, Guy. I could indeed. But not in Barnsley because we haven't got any sun. I thought you're growing a chili in there. It's like a dirty shrivel little thing. It's too late in the game, It's not. What about your chili? <laughs> 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 yeah, that's quite fine. Um Yes, and they didn't get. Uh, they didn't use a. When we got, they had the cold cure. He didn't use. Thought Len or what it in, but anyway, he didn't use. Needles. He used something like a, like a nicotine patch. A cold patch. A cold patch. Yeah, which would uh, make sense. If we've all got AIDS, don't want to pierce the skin and let all the dirty bacteria in. So you're saying the doctor who knew about AIDS. Yeah. 20 years before it all had kicked off. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. The doctor knows everything. No, I mean the TV show. Yeah. The doctor knows more than the TV show. And also, it's the first appearance in Doctor Who of Michael Sheard. Yes, it was. Who was Admiral Ozzel in Empire Strikes Back and Hitler in The Last Crusade. He was also in another three or four Doctor Who stories. Also, Mm -hmm. it's the first of the End of the Earth stories. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, the first of Roy Skelton's work. And it's the first to be recorded out of sequence. Was it the first outer sequence, wasn't it? Because mm, normally. It's because of live. Yeah, as life. As life. Not actually live. No. Is that like Aslan? It is like Aslan, but not voiced by Liam Neeson. So not as good as Aslan? I don't think I've seen that movie. No? No. I've seen the BBC one. It's all you need, really. What's the Monster BBC one? From like the 90s or 80s oh. or whatever. It was a TV series. Was it TV When they series? did uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I'm not sure if I've seen that. Got to see that. Because in one of them, I can't remember which one it was, maybe Prince Caspian, uh, Tom Baker plays a Marsh March Wiggle, as he does. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Tom Baker. Yes. What about Tom Baker? Nothing at all. The commander is the most <laughs> British ever, isn't he? How British? How British is he? <laughs> but he's very terribly posh. Very, and, and very... And posh. they all enunciated quite a lot. And him and Zentos? Yes, uh, which uh, was very good. You like people who enunciate, do I you? I do. It made things very easy to hear. Why not? So, back in the trial, right at the beginning, that guy who got sentenced. What did he get sentenced for? Leaving something open or something? He got sentenced for extreme carelessness. Extreme carelessness. That was what he got a sentence for. And what did that involve? Leaving something open. What, what? That could have endangered the lives of all people ever. Like a jam jar? Maybe? Like a virus open or something? It left a virus open? Yeah, don't imagine it. No. Don't oh, worry, <laughs> How do you leave a virus open? You don't close it! God! Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. But you uh, you did think that uh, being 700 years in stasis would be quite good. Yeah. They're making this 700 year trip. Yeah. Basically, you're going to die on the journey. Or you can, you can stasis stasis. get put in stasis, yeah. yeah. Or you can get yourself put in stasis and arrive at your destination. I'd leave something open. <laughs> Here, I left this open. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but, but What would have been good is if that guy who was sentenced at the start and then mini miniaturised for seven hundred years, if he was in it at the end, in the in the the fight in the final two parts. Mm. That would have been quite good. Yeah. I didn't think of that, did I? No. So, Deputy Zentos. Which one was he again? He was the deputy oh, yeah. who was insane. Ah, oh, the evil. Yes. He also liked the word strange. Did he? He did. And speaking really fast and enunciating. And killing people. And then, yeah, he was like really against the strangers because they were strange. And, and he thought they they were from Refusia and killing people or something with their virus. And then then when they when the doctor had saved them all, he was like, "Thank you very much for saving us, doctor." What? You're suddenly nice. He's also schizo. They're all schizo. In there. He got a light dosage of, uh, solifl. Also, he seemed to fancy the commander's daughter. Apparently, there was one bit. There was one tiny bit. Where she was doing something, or she said she would stand up for the for the doctor and all, and he it was a close up of him staring at her sort of longingly, and that was it. That was the only time it's mentioned or even shown. Visualized. Visualized. Visually mentioned. Visually mentioned. Visually mentioned. Ventioned. You're not doing portmanteaus. I can do what I want. You can. Okay. Yes. First casualty was thanks to the doctor and co. So, well done Jeeves. Because of the coldness. I think so. It, it went like he ran up and shot something. <laughs> Not yet, no. And then there was a Star Trek Two style space burial, but with less special effects. But with, less. <laughs> with less Star Trek. <laughs> with less Star Trek and more Doctor Who. And someone called the Taurus a black box. But they were looking at it in a black and white monitor. No, what I was thinking was, no wonder it's indestructible, then. Is that what all black boxes are? Tardises? Yes, they're t- miniaturisation Tardists. <laughs> they're inside planes. What was that noise, Gav? That means that uh, it's time to leave. <laughs> that means that uh, you get to tell me who you think your companion should be. Ah, this week I'm going to go with one of the Refusions. Why is that? Custom invisible man. Imagine the adventures they can get up to with invisible people. It will be so helpful. Especially when they've got the magic powers. Well, I think it should be Monica the elephant. Imagine what adventures you can get up to with an elephant. How are you going to get an elephant through the door? Very carefully. Okay. It's only a baby elephant. You just open up the other door and you'll be fine. It's when she grows too big and then you can't get her out again. <laughs> I know. So he could go and see Hannibal, and they could uh, they could attack the Romans. And then when she's going to big uh, elephant stags, or flush her down the and Wolverstone. That's why you're always seeing elephants around there in the suburbs of Wolverstone. Caffeinated. Elephants. Not that I've ever been one been round so was. Well, that's probably a good thing. Cause, I feel because I'm allergic to elephants. Yes, you are. And Wolverstone. <laughs> Moving on to the quilts. I, I, well I'm doing a comedy typo And you're doing a serious one yes. So I'll do the comedy one first okay. It's a it's, it's Zentos Being positive at the end of episode 1 About everyone's predicament Because uh, the commander it, it Has it's, it's collapsed with the cold virus thing And this is Zentos Take it away Zentos We may well die But then again so might all of us in which case, it was pointless leaving. So I thought that was funny... <laughs> oh, I can't be bothered anymore. Ah, <laughs> comedy. Yes, I'm mine. I'm going to have to go with a speech that Steven said in the second episode about humans haven't changed in the 10 million years, which goes thusly. I've told you before, we know nothing of that planet! My instinct, every fibre of my being tells me differently. That unfortunately tells me only one thing. What's that? That the nature of man, even in this day and age, hasn't altered at all. You still fear the unknown, like everyone else before you. You're right, that did go thusly. Thusly it went. Yes, I quite like that. I do think about using that as well. Nice story, I enjoy it. I also enjoyed it, yay. Yeah, I thought the first two parts were better. The you? second two part, but yeah. overall I still enjoyed it. I thought it got a bit messy towards the second half, but I did like that, that they did that—that that it was a mm. double two parter, if you will. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't as simple as adventure in one time. You know, they went forward and then saw the ramifications because the doctor never really sees what happens after he leaves. No, yeah, because he's a naughty man. He's a naughty. He's nut. a naughty man. He's a nub He never follows through. <laughs> <laughs> So it's always good when you get adventures where you see what happens to places after he leaves it. Yeah, but yeah, and I, I like the monoids. They were they were good. Yeah, they they had a good design. Very good design. They uh, really good design, yeah. well. Yeah, and, and it was it wasn't as and it was a bit more murky the morality because you got the monoids with the slaves the humans when it's normally the humans are the slaves in these type of things. So you know the humans weren't all nice and lovely. As the doctor pointed out at the end, you know, is it any wonder they rose up against you? Stop being dicks, is what he said. He should have just said that. But we, we humans, we can't help but being dicks. If you want to get in touch with us, time travel at gmail.com, as yeah. usual. Uh-huh. And our website is time travel at dot And that's for reviews of other stories, books, and audios and things. Uh, plenty of other links on there as well and uh, we're also available on iTunes please uh, feel free to rate or comment it helps with the ratings and things within iTunes it does like us on Facebook yes Yes, we've not said that before Uh, please do say something by the time we get to the end of the series this section Mm -hmm. will be four hours long and as as the Irish one just said there we've now got a Facebook page so uh, like that as well and Twitter at drunk time hmm. next time me again I'll be yeah. doing the celestial toy maker. So upon finishing our drinks we say Soupy twist. Soupy twist Gav. This time you heard Irish Gav say a handbag and you heard English Gav say Naughty Man.